Welcome to Read by Example, where teachers are leaders and leaders know literacy. And I am welcoming here, kind of for the first time, but not, um, <laughs> Mary Howard, Dr. Mary Howard. Um, Mary's been a great colleague and participant in previous chats around articles and books that we've been reading together, but I've never actually uh, interviewed Mary. And uh, I just think people need to know a little bit more about her and the awesome work that she does um, on behalf of other educators, as well as sharing her own work. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. And for and as well for you too, for me too, to continue to feel like we're just continuing our conversation from month to month because you're um you're always so gracious with your time. But uh you've written a couple of books and you have quite a bit of experience with speaking. But um can you just say a little bit about that, just your background and, and the work you've done prior to to what you're sure. doing now? I started teaching in 1972. I began as a special education teacher, uh, which as you know, was such a great beginning for me. And um, in fact, I moved to first time in my life to a small town called Stella, Missouri. I actually lived in Joplin, but taught in a tiny, I think population 70 was about it, a little tiny town. It was a great first year. Um, then I moved, uh, I was born and raised military, so I had the mindset of just moving, but not just moving. I felt like the more states, places, schools that I could be in, the more I could understand how they were different and alike. So I moved to San Antonio um, and taught for two years in, um, or 10 years in San Antonio and then on to Richardson ISD. Uh, Richardson was a really special place for me because that's where I got my reading recovery training. And that training was so powerful to me that I realized, even though I had been teaching a long time, how little I really knew. I mean, I, I just, you know, Mari Clay just changed everything I understood about, about effective teaching. And so I made the decision to um, go back to school and I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma and got my doctorate at the, at, um, Oklahoma, uh, state university, Oklahoma. So that was just another huge learning curve. And I came to realize, actually, let me back up one thing. I began my second year of teaching, which is, so it's been over 51 years now. My second year of teaching I was asked to do a presentation and I got the bug big time because I've always, I've always loved talking to people, but to be able to talk to people about something I was passionate about. Now I had no clue what I was doing my second year of teaching, but for some reason people listened to me. And so that just kept going. And I do a lot of local things, a lot of things in uh, the different cities that I was living on. <clears throat> living in. And after I finished my doctorate, I contemplated going into the university setting, but I felt like what I needed to do was to do presentations. And I became so passionate about that and so passionate about traveling around the country. So that's what I did for, I was in the classroom 25 years and then 
I was traveling for 25 years. And before the pandemic, I was probably on the road um, many months, three months out of the three months out of the or three weeks out of the month. Um, So it was really busy. And then I did write um, actually three books, but two that are more well known. Uh, One is called RTI from All Sides. That was right in the beginning of when RTI became started. And just a little aside about that book, I, I never thought of myself of writing a book, but I had been speaking to Linda Hoyt about my concerns of RTI. I was very excited when I first heard about it because it was had often been credited to Marie Clay. And so, you know, that was such a pull for me. And when I started going into schools, I realized that it was a free-for-all. And it was more about companies that had been forming and saying, do this and here's this program. Um, one of the benefits of RTI uh, through IDA 2004 is that there were no real definite how to do this. But that was also a negative because in schools it could just kind of make it up on their own. So I had told uh, Linda Hoyt how, who was a, a really dear friend, how frustrated I was to see what it could be, and also to know that Marie Clay would never have endorsed this, ever. Um, And so I wrote that book out of frustration because I felt like most of the things that were coming out, and oddly enough, Richard Allington's book on RTI came out literally right Mm -hmm. before mine. So I just really felt like I was in good company. And then the the other book was um, Good to Great Teaching, which uh, our Twitter chat is based on, uh, hashtag G2Great. So, you know, I, st- I now, um, over the pandemic, I did Zoom, a lot of Zoom. And then in February of 2022, I just decided I could do Zoom here in Honolulu, Hawaii. So I moved here, but I'm still very active in education. I'm just also active in monk seals and sea turtles and all the beautiful things that are outside. I'm I'm learning and that's why I was just going back to read you's book today and so many things that that really connected to me about my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um yeah it's a it's an interesting time to be a teacher, you know? Um especially for te- teachers who are in the classroom still. And uh I'm just Someone said something really interesting to me recently, and it it has stuck with me. Uh, I'll be 74 in February. And so, you know, sometimes you think, well, maybe, maybe I'm not needed in education anymore. And someone said, when things are going well, you can leave. But when things are not going well, you have to stay. Mm. And I realized that's, that's really true. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very, very proud and happy to still be really active in education because I think people like you, Matt, I mean, I I just admire and respect your work so much and admire and respect that you've moved into uh, the leadership end of it because um, there's so many things that there's so many things that need to be changed in education and also so many things that are changing in front of our eyes that we have at the moment feel like we have no control over. And yeah. I, instead of saying we, I need to say teachers, the teachers are in a position 
where they're not being, uh, they're being told what to do and what not to do, which is just as bad as being told what to do. And uh, it's really confusing times for very dedicated, uh, very knowledgeable, very determined, very passionate, very caring and giving educators to figure out how to maneuver this. And so that was a big part of why I wanted to still be a part of education yeah. and a part well, of this beautiful thing that we get to do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've continued. I think we lose a lot of history and perspective, you know, when um, people decide to go in a different direction, which I understand, but um, there's a loss, you know, whether it's in a school or just in a profession in general. Um, I'm glad you're still chatting about it on Twitter and here and everywhere. So yeah, and you're in Hawaii now. So some of us put up like these island background, virtual backgrounds. You can just like walk outside. I can. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Well deserved. <laughs> um, so speaking of Twitter, okay. we were talking about this and we both are fairly active on Twitter. I'm taking a little social media break right now. Um, working on some projects and um, I have to say, I don't miss it a whole lot. I mean, I miss seeing some tweets you know, from you and from people like Rachel Gabriel and Reed G. Routman and um, others, you know, I miss that, but um, a lot of toxicity, a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't know, just, yeah, it just doesn't feel as authentic and, and productive use of time. So, but I don't want to get too far into the weeds on that, but I want to make sure we point out that you have a Twitter chat coming up. Yeah. Brown Regis book, uh, the heart center teacher, which we're going to be discussing in, in a little bit. And um, if you want to just give us the time, um, locations, good to great hashtag good to great. Yes. Um, when it's, is it? And. Well, first it's the hashtag uh, G and then the number two and then great. Yes. Um, and it's based on my book, Good to Great. It will be December 14th, which is a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, it <clears throat> is 8.30 to 9.30 Eastern time. And a, a lot of people who have not participated in a Twitter chat, it might be helpful for them to know it's almost that hashtag G to Great is almost like you're going to a party and that's the address. And yeah. so all you have to do, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is go on Twitter, put in that hashtag um, G2Great, and then you will be able to see everything that's going on. And just before we have a chat, I always put in a little slide that just says, do this, do this, do this, because it's it's changed a little bit with all the things that are going on. And it's really just a... Um, it's a conversation Twitter style. It's a really unique experience. And because uh, we, this is our eighth year, we're just finishing our eighth year. We had our first chat uh, January 8th, 2015. And that was oh. started around the book, Good to Great. And so it's just a way to have a conversation. And the way that the Twitter chat works is that we always have a series of questions and now we ask our authors to create the questions because we want uh, our authors or the topic or whatever we do that. If it's a topic, 
but we want the authors to create the conversation that they want to have around their book. And normally we have six questions, but in the case of Rishi's chat, which is just going to be so expansive, we have nine questions around her book. And so we just post a question and then the conversation starts. And it's it's actually an out-of-body experience. And, and it still amazes me because you ask a question and you're sitting there looking at the screen and there's just so much passion of people sharing their thoughts and and Rigi is going to respond to those questions as well, which is fabulous. She'll be there that day. And so um, one of the things I always tell people, and, and I still do that myself, there's no way, no way on earth that you can respond to everyone who is talking. And so um, I always, when I have my computer screen up, I always have, I'm always looking at my notifications to see who's talking to me. I'm always looking at my good to great column. And then I'm always looking at, at you know, my user. So I know what I've written. Um, the beauty of the chat is that after the chat is over and the same thing will happen with Rigi, we keep, we have every single chat that we've ever done in eight years on Wakelet. Mm -hmm. And so even if teachers didn't get to go or if they went, but they feel like they missed a lot, I can go to Wakelet, scroll down, and I can actually click on something, even from a chat eight years ago, and it will take me to real-time Twitter, or at least that day of Twitter. So it's an opportunity. You know, I think one of the things that we're really missing right now, we're missing it in schools, we're missing it everywhere, is just having dialogue with people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, think Twitter, how do you have dialogue? Mm -hmm. But it's such a sense of camaraderie. It's such a sense of um, people just desperate to be around others who are really excited about a book, excited about a topic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's changing a little bit, but it's still, after all these years, is something that I really look forward to, just to be around people. I've been lucky enough to be a part of these chats, but also to have been um, with with you highlighting my book, um, also to be um, the the co-facilitator, if you will, the guest, but um, yeah, you do a great job of your, you and your team do a great job of organizing it. It's very clear what to do. The directions are clear and, um, you know, nicely set up the, uh, the guests. So, you um, know, and I think one of the reasons, one of the things that we felt was really needed, and we probably this year have done more authors than ever before is that there are so many books out there and uh, books are having a hard time right now. You know, there's so many other things going on. And we just felt it was really important for for teachers, for educators to know about yeah. incredible books out there. Yep. Because you can't get a book that you don't know exist. And there right. are so many that um, we, in the beginning, we just had, you know, topics that we would have. And then we started making some changes. As a matter of fact, one of the changes we made, we started doing what we called Blast from the Past. 
Mm-hmm. So um, we had in 2018 the original chat on Literacy Essentials, which is one of my all-time favorite books from Reggie Routman. And then uh, I think it was um, four years later, we did a blast from the past. And a blast from the past, I think sometimes, and I've always been someone who pulls books down that I haven't read for mm-hmm. you know, two years, five years, 10 years, because I can see it through new eyes. So we did Literacy Essentials again, but here's what we were thinking. Now mm-hmm. here's what we're thinking. So we changed the questions up just a little bit. Um, and we started also ex- doing article chats mm-hmm. uh, just to have conversations around those. We started doing podcast chats um, because we wanted people to know these are things, this podcast, this this article, this you know interview, this, this is available mm-hmm. to you. And um, Twitter has always been a really great way to do that. Yeah, that's where educators have congregated i mean for Mm -hmm. for whatever reason i just that's where they're at and uh um you make a good point too like publishers typically are not great about i mean they have some marketing people and they work hard but they have so many books they're trying to promote that it's you know you've got to be a a, you've got to be your own promoter but authors are not very good I think we could both speak to that about promoting our own work all the time. And we have imposter syndrome. Um, so having you as their like number one cheerleader, I think is, is so crucial. And uh, I agree totally too with the, the conversation is what's missing. The There's such a gap right. in knowledge that, you know, their right. teachers and leaders are so overwhelmed with mandates and legislation and um, directives to, to do this and not that, that, Right. You know, they have any kind of cognitive space to, well, I want to look at this. I want to, you know, that's how I got into, you know, Regie's work and then other people's work is, you know, I wasn't satisfied with, kind of like you with, um, um, you know, where RTI was going. I, I took it right. a similar approach, and, but I had to look that out for myself and not everyone's going to do that. So, yeah, it's a right. real service. So, right. Well, Mary, I appreciate everything you can do, and I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with Deborah and other colleagues soon here. Um, but to where can they find you um, online uh, if they want to connect with you more? I am on Facebook. Um, I post every day about my adventures, my thoughts, things I'm reading at uh, Mary C. Howard. No period there, just Mary C. Howard. Then I'm also on Twitter uh, at Dr. Mary Howard, only capitals for the doctor and the Mary or the beginning of each. And uh, even though Twitter has changed a lot, I I still go on daily. But I also have learned, or I should say am learning, to avoid the minefields. Yeah. And there is a minefield out there. And if you step in the wrong place, you're going to be sorry that you did. And I think that's one of the things I've learned more than anything is sometimes the best response is walk away. Yeah. No response. Yep. Just don't, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking about reading 
reading the signs of when to engage and when not to engage Mm -hmm. because there's no, and you can see that through Twitter, there's no productive, uh, there's nothing productive about arguing and, and it serves no choice Mm -hmm. or no, no opportunity. So I still believe in Twitter, but I'm just a little more cautious when I go. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's still so many incredible people there. And like you said, what I do is follow people like Rachel Gabriel, you said it, like Regie Routman and her wonderful hashtag we'll talk about uh, later. And I follow them and I look at what when I need a Twitter happy moment, I go straight to those people. I Mm -hmm. bypass everything else and I go straight to Regie and I go straight to... Um, all of the people that I admire, because um, that's what's going to get us through this. Yeah, you don't need to follow everyone. There's no obligation to follow them back. No, just no, go and, on and create and your own timeline. Just so we remember, there is a block button on Twitter. Yeah, I don't I don't hesitate to use it. And if you're not comfortable, we don't blocking, have the time and energy. Yeah, no, you don't want that in your feed, and no. um, I use mute from time to time. You know. Newt, is that like Twitter? Um, Oh, the mute button. Mute button. Yeah, the mute button. Yes. Yes. I'm too nice, so I I use mute. (laughs) Well, thanks, Mary. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you.